0: Good morning, this is Bible Lesson, Selah it. has been a while, we are back from the long and inevitable break. So it inevitable. Today is the last day in our message series on David and Saul. And in these closing chapters, we have really been tracing the rise of David and the fall of Saul with respect to the kingship in Israel. Saul disobeyed God and as a result, God took the kingdom away from Saul and gave it to David. Today as we come to the final chapter in the book, we also come to the final chapter in Saul's life who will write your obituary when you die. More importantly, what will it say. We all want to end well, but we often work against it with the various choices we make along the way. The lives of David and Saul illustrate a very important principle in life. Live well, die well. Live poorly, die poorly. Ending well or ending poorly is a direct result of the choice you make. In a sense, you are writing your own obituary every day of your life. Now, this doesn't mean as a believer that if you live well, you will never suffer. It doesn't mean that you won't die of an illness or perhaps under difficult circumstances. What it does mean is that whatever your circumstances, you will die well, you will be remembered well and your life and death will bring glory and honor to Jesus Christ. When God appointed Saul as king, God gave Saul everything he needed to succeed, but Saul consistently did things his way instead of God's way. He bypassed God in his life and he reaped the consequences of his decision. Into this passage we come to Saul's bitter end. Today's chapter tells us about the final battle between Saul and the Philistine. Saul was called to deliver the Israelites from the Philistine and now he dies in battle against the very enemy he was supposed to subdue. Saul's death is the exact opposite of Paul's word in the, in the New Testament in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. When Paul comes to the end of his life, he can say with confidence, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, Saul can't say that. He has not fought the good fight, so he dies in a bad fight. He has not kept the faith, so he dies in dishonor. Live well, die well. Live poorly, die poorly. Saul's life ends poorly with many tragic circumstances surrounding his death. First, the Philistines defeat Saul and kill Saul's sons. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 1 to 30. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them and many fell slain on Mount Jebuah. The Philistines praised hard after Saul and his sons and they killed his sons Jonathan, Abnadab and Malikshua. The fighting grew fears around Saul and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. And so the Philistines defeat the Israelites. Many Israelites are killed in battle. Three of Saul's own sons are killed, including Jonathan, here to the throne, and David's friend. Then Saul himself is wounded by the Philistines' archers. He is critically wounded, which means he is not going to survive this battle. But Saul's death is even more tragic than that, because Saul ends up taking his own life. Let's look at verse 4-6. to six. Saul said to his armor bearer, Draw your sword and run me through, or this uncircumcised fellow will come and run me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his own sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men died together that same day. Saul is critically wounded. And rather than face the enemy, he tells his armor bearer to run him through with his sword. But just like David earlier, the armor bearer refused to take the life of God's anointed. When the Amodeer refuses, Saul falls on his own sword and takes his own life. When the Amodeer sees that Saul is dead, he falls on his own sword and dies with him. Tragedy everywhere. When Saul foolishly went to the witch of Endo, God told Saul through Samuel that within 24 hours, he and his sons would both be dead. Now, 24 hours later, God's word is fulfilled and Saul and his sons all lie dead on the battlefield. Once again. Notice the contrast between David and Saul. In the previous chapter, David wins the battle against the Amalekites and rescues his family. Here Saul is defeated in battle and loses his family. Live well, die well. Live poorly, die poorly. Saul lived poorly and he died tragically. But Saul ends poorly not only because he dies in tragic circumstances. He also ends poorly because his life ends in dishonor. And if the death of Saul is tragic, the dishonor of Saul is heartbreaking. First, he fails to protect his people. Let's look at verse 7. When the shallow along the valley and those across the Jordan saw so that the Israelite army had fled, and that Saul and his son had died, they abandoned their towns and fled. And the Philistines came and occupied them. Saul fails to protect the citizen under his care. When the citizen in the border towns sees that Saul's army is defeated, and that Saul and his sons are dead, they abandoned their homes and flee, they give up the territory without even a fight. The Philistines come come in and occupy the town, giving them a strong vantage point to further infiltrate Israel. Saul's main job as king was to protect the Israelite. He faced at his main charge, and so his life ends in dishonor. Saul experienced further dishonor with the desecration of his body and those of his son. Verse 8 to 9, Bible passage. The next day, when the Philistine came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his three sons falling on Mondewa. They cut off his dead and stripped off his armor. The next day, when the Philistines find Saul and his sons among the dead, they desecrate the bodies. They cut off Saul's head and they strip him of his armor. Later in the chapter, we learn that they also exposed the body of his sons. This was a great dishonor in that culture, not to have a proper burial, but to have your body desecrated and exposed. Saul had hoped to avoid dishonor at the hands of the enemy by taking his own life, but his life still ends in dishonor. But Saul's death not only results in desecration of the bodies, it also results in the defamation of the one true God. Let's look at verse 9 to 10. And they sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of the idols and among their people. They put his armor in the temple of the Asteroids and fastened his body to the wall of Beth-Shan. This is the worst dishonor of them all. Saul's death becomes an occasion for the defamation of God. The Philistines use the occasion to exalt their idols and false gods over the God of Israel. They send messengers throughout the land, proclaiming victory in the temples of the idols. 1 Chronicles 10 verse 10 tells us they put Saul's head in the temple of Dagon and his armor in the temple of asteroids Finally, they hang Saul's body along with the bodies of his son off the wall of Beth Shand for her to see. What is the message and the meaning behind all these actions? The Philistines are saying, our idols won. Our idols defeated the God of Israel. The Philistines glorified their idols and they dishonor and defend the one true God in the process. Now, you and I know the Philistines' idols didn't defeat God. Saul lost because God was judging Saul, but to the old world it looked like the Philistine idol was stronger than God, and that is a shame in the truest sense of the word. We see this even today in our world. The world rejoices in the fall of a believer. When a believer publicly falls, the world laughs at God and mocks the Christian faith. This is the greatest dishonor possible. May we always fear dishonor in the name of our Lord more than any personal dishonor we ourselves may experience. Amen. Saul's death is tragic. Such dishonor is heartbreaking, but unfortunately, this terribly sad story ends on a somewhat better note. We end, sto- we end the story not with the death and dishonor of Saul, but with the action of the people of jabez gilead actions which are truly inspiring. First, we see that the people of jabez gilead acted valiantly. Let's look at verse 11 to 13. When the people of jabez gilead heard of what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men, journeyed through the night. To Bethshan, they took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh. And when they burned them, then they took their bones and buried them under a tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. When the people of Jabesh hear what the Philistines did to Saul, they traveled through the night and they recovered his body along with his sons. This was a difficult journey fraught with danger. They had to sneak across enemy territory to reach Bethshan. They had to get the bodies down from the wall without alerting any of the guards, And then they still had to make their way all the way back to Jabesh. This time along with the bodies. When they returned to Jabesh, they burned the desecrated bodies so that they can give Saul and his sons a proper burial. They buried the bones under a tamarisk tree and they fast for seven days out of respect for Saul and his sons. Now you might wonder why the people of Jabesh would do all this for a king who has lived and died so dishonorably. Well, in doing this, they are actually paying a debt. Saul had rescued them from the enemy when he first became king, before he turned away from the Lord. If you go the way back to 4 Samuel chapter 11, we we'll find the story of Saul rescuing the people of Jabez Gilad from the Ammonites. It was Saul's first official act as king, and as a result, Saul consolidated all the people of Israel around him. He also held the loyalty and devotion of the people of Jabez-Gilad for life. Saul began his rule as king by rescuing the people of Jabez-Gilad. Saul's story now ends with the people of Jabez-Gilad rescuing him, live well, die well. Saul started well and his good actions now follow him, even after his dishonorable death. The people of Jabez-Gilad retrieved the bodies of Saul and his sons at great risk to themselves because they were repaying a debt. David becomes king shortly after this and when David learns that the people of Jabez Gilead did for Saul, David shows them favor for their kindness and loyalty. Later on, David will take the bones of Saul and Jonathan from Jabez Gilead and bring them back to Bethlehem where they will be buried in the tomb of Saul's father, an honorable burial at last. In the book of 2 Samuel chapter 21 verse 12 to 14, but this was only possible because of the violent action of the people of Jabez Gilead earlier. I would like to close out this message and the whole book of 4 Samuel with three applications. First of all, the importance of your choice. Your choices are important. Every day you are either choosing life or death. When you choose God and God's way, you are choosing life. When you choose sin or self over God, you are choosing the way of death. Your choices are important. Secondly, the consequences of your choice. Your choice have consequences. We reap what we sow every life is made up of years which are made up of months which are made up of days which are made up of hours which are made up of choices every choice may seem small at the time but those thousands of choices you make add up to your life and they help determine whether you will end well or end poorly whether your life will bring honor to god or dishonor and then finally the necessity of the holy spirit you can sum up the rise and follow Saul and the rise of David as king in just three verses from the old book of 4 Samuel. First Samuel chapter 11 verse 6. When Saul heard their words, the Spirit of God came upon him in power. 4 Samuel chapter 16 verse 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And 4 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14. Now the Spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul. In this case, the rise of fall of David and Saul was occasioned by the coming or departing of the Spirit of God. All this shows how much we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can't live a life that is pleasing to God on your own. We you need the Holy Spirit to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. The book of 1st Samuel ends on a low note but anticipates a high note, the crying of David as king in the book of Second Samuel. Remember, we have seen throughout 4 Samuel how David prefigured Christ, how he foreshadowed Christ who is coming. First Samuel ends anticipating David who will be crowned as king. In the same way, the old Old Testament anticipates the coming of Jesus at Bethlehem and the old present age anticipates the coming of Jesus at the end of time. Ending well or ending poorly is a direct result of the choices you make in life. And the most important choice you can make is to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Everything else hinges on that one choice. Your death will either be a bitter end or a beautiful beginning. It all depends on whether you are trusting Christ as your Savior. Every day, you are writing the end to your story. How do you want your story to end? Saul lived a foolish life and died a tragic death, but that doesn't have to be the end of your story. God has given you everything you need. In Christ to succeed. Go forth to live well and die well. Go forth to live for Christ. May God help you? Bible lesson. Salasbalun and Deleby.